center to recovery, not a rescue. Meteorologists say the last time low temperatures broke minus 30. Hear me? Have we checked out his ears? Henry Deaver. The devil is in Castle Rock. Welcome everybody to the penultimate episode of Castle Rock Historical Society taking place before the finale. I'm Acadia Einstein here with Hannah Selector, and we are going to spit out our last crazy theories before everybody goes to the great reckoning of where we right or where we're, uh, where we wrong and we're fresh off the live show which was really fun don't you think oh yeah absolutely it's the only thing keeping me from not crying right now i'm a little yeah. sad for all of this to come to an end yeah, really. i don't know what i'm gonna feverishly scribble in into notebooks at 3 a.m anymore yeah that's true yeah, we'll My find own thoughts, something. I guess we're not. You're not getting rid of us, dear listeners. Oh no, we'll, absolutely not. She'll do some scribbling, and honestly, uh, once we, I mean, we'll have what a year, or is it going to be like Game of Thrones style, and it'll be like, oh, it's seventeen months between seasons or something like that. Like, I hope it's fast. Yeah, I'm not sure. All I know is that both of us will probably be in straight jackets by the time the second season comes out if they give us too much unanswered. Very true. Very true. So then, I guess the way to do it is, tell me what's on your mind. Because I know you've kind of been physically shaking with... I'm vibrating. Yes, you're all... Like a 1980s cell phone. Full of theories. What do you got? Well... So I approached this final dusty spider webby recap with our archives as I was going to rewatch every episode with the new knowledge that I got in episode nine, Mm -hmm. which is what I did with the bonus of right after the live show, my parents demanding a summit at their house so that they could tell me all of the things that they thought about Castle Rock. So you got ganged up on. I did, and scolded for some of my views, because how could you think that? You know, that sort of thing. That's rough. So, credit where credit is due along the way to my parents. I'll try and shout them out. I kind of think it sounds dumb. Like, I talked to my mommy and changed my mind about Castle Rock theories, but it's kind of true. Hey, as long as she's not mad at me, she can change her mind all she wants. No, no, but my brother kind of thought for a second I was doing a wrestling podcast in secret. Like I was Did secretly he listen to it. <laughs> I think he was mostly like, "What would Hannah know about Mexican wrestling?" Yeah, that's true. Well. Which is a grand total of nothing. So here we go, people. <laughs> yep. Episode one is so my mom pointed out to me some of the sort of micro expressions in Lacey's little suicide thing okay. that he sort of hesitates a little bit before he puts the rope on, but then he's like, okay, no, actually, and, like, looking around. But that on the drive to the bluff, he's happy. He's relieved. He's like, I'm going to wash my hands of this whole whatever it is. And, of course, we sort of assume that Lacey's suicide is like, okay, I don't know if I did the right thing here. I'm kind of having a crisis of faith, and I don't want to handle this anymore. Pangborn, take the reins. But, you know, so that's kind of interesting, I yeah. suppose. 
Well, I think I think that I'm just going to cut to my. I'm not going to say anything about thinnies or twinners or anything like that because it's everybody is sick of me talking about them. All I'm going to say is that the entire series Castle Rock, not just mm-hmm. not just this mystery, but I think that everything they do from now on is going to revolve around who the hell told them to build the cages. Because oh, absolutely. That's there like is, the biggest question. Yeah, there's there's something outside of all of it. And given what they've shown us and what they haven't, I am no one has convinced me yet that it is not Ruth. Fair enough. And I've actually come around to a, a theory about Pangborn pulling all the strings. Ah. He is essentially the, well, he was, up until a point, the only completely lucid living character who had enough knowledge to manipulate the situations in Castle Rock. And we never saw his body. I'm getting off my chronological track. Here, that's very that's true. Him. All right. Well, I'll, yeah, you can, I'll, I'll, I won't. No, 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 no. But that I'm is. I'm not being controlling. That's true. No, it is true. Ha. <laughs> it, um, it's true because the, and, and that fits in with my, why was the house messy and then not messy thing? Which really right. bugs me. Yeah. A uh, little observation that I got from a girlfriend at lunch today who's also just watching Castle Rock because uh, of yeah. me doing a podcast. Is that the radio imagery throughout the earlier episodes really foreshadows the sort of science behind the schisma and the tuning of these frequencies, whatever uh, yeah. you consider them to be. And kind of a, a sort of foreshadowing in a way. And also the way Molly explains her own abilities in terms of people having different frequencies that you can tune into and whatever. So I thought yeah, that very was neat. very very sage. Very consistent of them. Yeah, Pangborn, Pangborn has a line in the first episode that says, Corrections, that's a whole nother world. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, like... That's the kind of stuff that was then sticking out to me in this right. final rewatch is like, oh man, they were dropping hints in and yeah, not they weren't even, even hiding away. it. And that's always fun when you go back and you're like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's so smart and it's fun to see that it's smart and mm-hmm. we're not just crazy. Yeah. So a big question that I think is looming from episode one that wasn't in our first group of unanswered questions is what or who or something gave Zaleski the power to see the future events that he would cause. Because for all we know about Zaleski, he's a normal dude. He didn't have any sort of clairvoyant powers before coming in contact with the kid or working at Shawshank or whatever. That is true. You know who's causing that to be it was obviously by design yep so that you know he would be unstable or be frightened or be whatever Mm -hmm. so there's a there's something to ruminate on i have no clue i suspect it's whatever the bigger dark entity behind everything is but it could also be the kid and i'm going to eat some crow about the kid just a little bit like a crow's foot well (laughs) We'll get there. All right. Um, There's a line, moving on to episode two. Lacey says, with all the guile of hell arrayed against this town, guile being a cunning intelligence, who or what is that? It's not just the kid. It can't be. No. He can't be all the guile of hell. He could be caged. Like, essentially, I'm just getting at what's the bigger, eviler thing pulling all of the strings. That, that is it. 
blah, 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 all of the calendars. I went back, I had missed a couple dates, and I thought one of them was Henry's birthday, but then I was very disappointed because it was 3.15 in the morning and I was just delusional, so. I just see Raven, like, in the top of a lighthouse. <laughs> Jason, Jason's fast asleep. I've got my bedside table lamp on and my tiny notebook and just spike it against a wall like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I found something, didn't find something. Somebody more brilliant than I probably already noticed this, but I didn't notice that the Nazi was reading Lord of the Flies in the jail cell. Oh, which is, fun. Yeah, I didn't notice like, that either, huh? Because Castle Rock is from Lord of the Flies. Yep. So that's, that's a big neat. nod. Mm. Now, here is some of the stuff about the kid that my mom drilled into my brain about this Madam Selector, since I Mama Selector, I guess. Mama Selector. Yes, it sounds like a <laughs> like a microwavable pasta. Dinner. That's right. Um. Anyway, so my parents are both extremely educated people. Um, they're very smart, and of course, they had a lot to say about this show just because they've both studied literature and music and the Bible and all of that. Mm -hmm. But my mom seemed to think that we were slightly sleeping on the biblical stuff in the show, even though you're highly qualified to talk about it, and mm -hmm. I'm pretty qualified to talk about it. But she brought me Revelations 20, 1 through 3, and wanted me to think about the kid after reading this. So I read this to Acadia slightly before we started recording, but enjoy the dulcet tones of my voice reading Bible at you. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the ancient serpent, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. What with the pit and the keys, and Lacey, and the hell in the cell and the well, mm -hmm. and being imprisoned for a certain amount of time and then released, you know, and another thing that was said to me, I guess, some parts of what we're being told about the kid and being told about Castle Rock have to be true. So we have to decide what the true things are. You mean... We've been... You mean what he told... You mean about his world? Well... No, about everybody. The kid has said he's not the devil. Other people have said he is. Odin True. has explained what the schisma is. The Reverend and Lacey have offered a somewhat alternative explanations of the schisma. We are left to decide what the truth is until it's revealed to us, you know. And I can't believe they'd include a character like Odin and then eliminate him without what he says being absolutely correct. I but, mean, he's the one at least gave it the most thought, it seems like. Science. I tend to like science more than I like hoodoo, but... No, true. But you also like monsters, so you have no credibility at all. <laughs> so I guess I your favorite a... monster must be Frankenstein's monster, because that's science and monsters. Speaking of science and monsters, I spent, like, the minimal amount of free time I had in the last week reading about people seeing thylacines that aren't extinct. Jesus. Tasmanian tigers, because I love cryptids. But like real ones, you know. Well, that's fine. Extinct animals that might. Yeah. Anyway, we're not getting derailed. We don't have the time for this. No, we don't. This because we got to get the show out before the finale. Yeah. So right. Could it be as simple as like the schisma train is on a twenty-seven year time travel uh, table, and when the kid says, "Has it begun?" or whatever like that, he means right. Schisma attack. Like that that's would what be I the. Think. But that would be the so, one that makes me the most mad. 
Kind of, because it's very arbitrary, right? Like, who decided that? And but it's Odin also very explained... like, oh, well, I guess that you didn't need to do everything else in the series up to this point, because if you know that now, it, the, and that's the piece of it that right. they sold the familiar surroundings will bring your memory back. So they, they gave us mm-hmm. that, which implies, okay, you're not going to have your memory. But does that mean, it, that means it supports your theory, Hannah, more than anything else, mm-hmm. that young Henry was not in familiar, familiar surroundings, so he did not get his memory back. So that wasn't his right. prime place either. But then I can't explain why he aged, because they set up that rule that you don't age in the wrong timeline. And... Yeah, that's true, too. Talking it's just the thinny in Castle Rock that opens every 27 years. You know, yeah, Odin true. says the schisma is operative all over the place and louder in some places, and the schisma seems to signal the opening of thinnies. Yep. Or the imminent opening of a thinny. The sound of a thinny opening, which we know produces an unpleasant sound, which I don't think the schisma really is unpleasant, but I guess no. if it's Sounds vibrating like inside your skull. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Oh, by the way, um, I heard a, another, I listened to this other podcast called Castle Rock Zone because one of the people tweeted about it. So I listened yeah. to it on the way home and it was a pretty good show, but they did one thing that was so smart and I'm kicking myself. You know how we kept going, yeah. oh, we don't know which universe is which and blah, blah, blah and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Cat universe. Yeah. Dog universe. Puck was a dog in one. Oh, and that is smart. <laughs> nah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and I was thinking, so I'm not a cat person. Not that I don't adore cats and think they're cute, but I'm overwhelmingly a dog person. So I'd be like, dog universe, good universe. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the dog one. Bad universe. But I've never had cats, so I just want to interact with them like dogs, and it doesn't. Depends on the cat. When you come to our house, you'll see. And, like, I really want to pet Archie. (laughs) He's so fluffy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he is a very fuzzy cat. You should put a picture of him up on Twitter. He's so cute. You know what? That is true. I will do that. One last thing for episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, the guards talk about the kid walking in circles. Now, that is a phenomenon that happens when human beings have lost their bearings. Like, if you plop someone in the woods and they have no idea where they are, mm-hmm. they'll inevitably start walking in circles and get stuck that way. So, I thought it was probably... he was crooked. Well, yeah, he's got that droop, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's a phenomenon when human, humans lose their bearings for whatever reason they go in circles. So I guess that was just kind of a nod to him not being in the right place. Yeah. Interesting. So kind of neat, a neat thing. Mm -hmm. Now I got real dorky literature major starting in episode three. I'm like, what if a la the Scarlet Letter, Molly's name is a, is an indication of her, her role, you know? Strand, she is the connection between the thread connecting all of the blah, blah, blah. I thought yeah. you meant Molly. I was like, what? They're not all fucking high. <laughs> Get with it, Acadia. She is, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, Strand being like the connecting thread mm-hmm. between either the universes or all of the characters or Henry and Henry because and, they both had a Molly. And so. it's tenuous. Because it's just one strand. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Right, exactly. And she's very fragile. So, mm-hmm. well, at least our Molly is. Molly too seemed like she was with it, but yeah. Well, I think I'm I'm now convinced that uh, Cat Universe was a bunch of bullshit, and the kid was just trying to make himself sound cool. Ah, 
Just like, put some I'm sure that the base, that. it's like the basic things occurred, mm-hmm. but he like cooled it up a little bit, you know, to be, to make it sound better. Yeah. He's just jealous because that Molly wasn't obsessed with him like our Molly was with our Henry. Very true. So. And then I thought, is Molly seeing her own casket in the vision in the church? But then I kind of wasn't sure. There's a lot of this that is sad Hannah at 2.30 in the morning thinking like, do I even know what thoughts are? <laughs> or, or time? Or space? I don't know whose foot that is. Because I've lost my ability to reason. I just realized that I completely forgot about the bandaged up priest. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it, so don't worry. All right. (laughs) Um, And then I got to thinking, like, do you need to eat when you're outside your timeline? Do you need to sleep? The kid doesn't seem like he's... Yeah, the kid doesn't ever, like, sleep. He doesn't seem to eat anything except for, like, sort of Wonder Bread. He ate a donut in other Castle Rock. But it's like, how does this work? I want more rules. I don't think we're going to get I know. And that's kind of a problem for me. I think I sort of harped on it in the last episode, so I'll leave it alone. But there is an element of letting your audience decide things that is fine and acceptable, but there is also a level that's insulting. And I don't think all writers know the balance of it, and that's unfortunate. And I think, but I do believe that the, I I don't, I still don't think that the schisma and the kid Henry stuff, I think they're two different tracks. I think the schisma would exist whether there was that other stuff or not. Like, I think, you know what I mean? And I think that the, the mechanics of somebody being in the wrong world, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. they'll bring back at some point. But I don't think... It's certainly not going to be the focus of the anthology. I think they're yeah. just setting it up that they can swap people out. Right. And, and tell a similar story. Absolutely. You know. And I don't think I told you, but I'm three quarters of the way through The Gunslinger. I started oh. over the weekend. I should have done it way sooner so that I would be qualified for this. But anyway, I, I think it's... If it's not the concept of the thinnies and Todash space and the tower, then it's like, what the fuck are we even doing here? Exactly. It's got to be that. That it has. It to just be. has to be. And if it's not, I will kill a baby with a hanger and poison a dog. Yes, you, know? you will. I'm kidding. I'd kill a kid before I poisoned a dog. Uh, Sorry, everybody. Yeah, that's true. That's because I don't have any of my own. Um, <laughs> so. Then I thought about, I did a lot of thinking about the trailer park murder trial and how I want it to mean something, even though it probably doesn't. And I'm like, is this a Molly death, maybe? Like, did her blood run into her sneakers? Was she wearing sneakers? I got nothing, but I really don't want that to be like a no-sell. But I think it is. Yeah. Um, the kid, I think we think the kid can't hear the schisma, right? Like, he needs Henry to detect. Yeah, because he was just bumbling around. Happening. Yeah. That, that I believe. I don't think he had any, right. you know. So he couldn't get back on his own. Right. Now we get to Bandaged Priest, who I'm still not sure if that's supposed to be Reverend Deaver 1 or Reverend Deaver 2 or some other being altogether. But I paused on the clearest frame I could find of him in episode 3. Okay. And he seems to have bloody eye sockets and blood at, like, the corners of his cheeks, maybe mouth, kind of almost. And I'm like... his cheeks, maybe, like, somebody took his ears out so he could hear the schisma? Like, maybe that's where the blood is coming from. I thought about maybe a badly done gunshot suicide would punch mm. two holes, which we know Reverend Deaver 2 did. True. Um, and it could be coming from ears, but it seems like specific placement of blood and, like, 
the eyes missing, I guess, could be like blindness. I don't know. But yeah, I want them to do reverends wear. What is that collar called? The, oh, I think it's just called their collar. That's all we call yeah, it. Yeah, because I thought that was just priests, but I'm a dumb Protestant who mostly attended non-denominational churches, so there's none of that finery involved. Hmm. So yeah, no, it's I. It's probably got a name, but it's like the same thing as the little hard thing at the end of your shoelace, so that it fits through the shoelace hole. Has a name, yeah. but no one gives a shit what it is. Right. So would a reverend in, like, say, a Methodist or whatever church Some of them, wear? yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's not cool. exclusive to Catholics. So it could be Reverend Deaver still. That doesn't count him out. Yeah. Okay. Correct. We kind of talked about how maybe Henry's jumbled up trauma memories, slightly positive memories of Reverend Deaver too, were maybe coloring the way he behaved about his dad's reburial. Um, Very possible. Because it's like it doesn't make any sense that he would be so loyal to him with no memory of him, other than maybe society saying you're supposed to love your daddy and yeah. stuff. Now, and, here's or, something that... Or, or mm? the guilt of oh, him yeah, dying, that. too, could also be it. Because I doubt, like, how Ruth was mooning around over him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, here's a weird thing that I can't fucking figure out unless... Very frighteningly, there's a third timeline that's been happening all along, but the differences are so subtle that right. we haven't... Okay, so on Reverend Deaver's temporary grave marker, when Henry goes to pick up the casket, it says um, Matthew Deaver, 1952 to 1991. But in the Church of the Incarnation, in the previous episode, the plaque of the Reverend says 1951 to 1991. Yeah. And, like, don't make crappy continuity errors like that if that's all it is. I don't cause... think... I I am more and more convinced that we've been watching two... Very, very similar Castle Rocks, right? Right. And then and the neither of one. them were the cat one. There's two dog ones and one cat one. Right. So that's kind of where I ended up at the end of all of this, is, like, they're very, very close, though. Mm -hmm. Like, the similarities. Because then it would explain how it sometimes seems like we're in 2017, but sometimes seems like we're in 2018. Well, all her, all her notes were 2017. Right. Yeah, but then it's like Pangborn's Bridge is dedicated in October of 2018, and he pulls the plaque off. So, like, there there seems to be that. You heard it here, folks. Castle Rock Historical Society. We, we've We've put that theory out there. And if it turns out we're right then, you know, we we really believe in it. But if it turns out we're wrong, it was just like a spitball. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. So here we start getting into my Pangborn is pulling all the strings rabbit hole. All right. Because who propagated the runaway rumor when Henry went missing? Somebody did that. Somebody made sure that the town, that the reports, that they said that, like, he ran away. Not that he was kidnapped, not that he was taken by somebody or whatever. And who reported Henry missing? If he really went missing around Christmas, like Henry seems to think he did, it could have been either one of his parents, but it seems like the Reverend would have prevented Ruth from reporting him missing, but then Pangborn might have, you know, you get what I'm getting at, kind of? Yeah, there's no way, yeah. Pangborn's the only one that would have, because he specifically said that he fudged everything so that right. so that uh, Henry wouldn't get in trouble, so he was yeah. he was confirmed as a fudger. Yeah, so like it says here in my notes... Pangborn seems like the likely culprit. He is the only lucid and living character with enough knowledge to pull these strings. But then, what's his agenda? 
he could be a gunslinger. He could have extant knowledge that nobody else has that he's using to prevent something from happening, but we don't really know what yet. I don't think I, I believe when I, whenever I've said he's a gunslinger, I've meant it from the standpoint of like, he's the good character. He, he is one, but he doesn't know it because this world doesn't have gunslingers, but his twinner in mid world would have been a gunslinger. gunslinger. Yeah. And the symbolism with Pangborn being the white knight, they've, they want to color him as the abjectly moral character, even though he's gruff and kind of, you know, no nonsense. So, you know what else is interesting though? What? He protected her the whole time. He did. The only person that said we need to protect her was the kid. True. And that's a glimmer of humanity. He also said that he needed to build a fucking monument to Lacey, so he's full of shit. (laughs) I think that that was, like, finally him being as angry as he should be about what happened to him. I guess. Here's a little craziness, and, like, I fully admit that this is a little crazy, but I just want Desjardins to be involved so badly. So, we know he lost the wife and son in childbirth. Did he, was he also part of this group of people that discovered this thinny in Castle Rock or sort of understand how this works in some vague way? Did he try to go retrieve some version of something? The point is that there's a box with a spoon and a bowl at his backyard and there's a set of kids' boots and adult boots at his back door and the table is set for three people. His kid never lived. Why would there be a child's boots there? Why is the table set for three people like your average American family? There's something going on there, and God damn it, I want to know what it is. There's, yeah, you, you've got, you've really got a boner for Desjardins. You really, he, he better pop up and do yeah, something. Yeah, but I, it's, I want to clarify, it's a very different boner than my. Yeah, yeah, no, like totally different, totally different. Melanie a, Linsky yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Roger, Roger so. that. But it's the, it's a plot boner. That's what it is. Absolutely. It's such an interesting character, don't you think? Wouldn't it be a shame if he wasn't around? There's no point to it. He didn't reveal it enough in that scene. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was in the box that he showed Henry that was supposedly so revelatory. Well, it was just like, you know, oh, well, here it comes also. Um, But yeah, with the piano and the box and, like, the weird backstory about being a bobber and, you know, did I do that right? A bobber? Yeah, he was a bobber. Nice work. Um, And being involved and getting that box. And so the thing that stuck out to me was the, you know I never touched you, which at first we interpreted as, like, this creepy, I didn't molest you, kid. Mm -hmm. But if he has some understanding of how the schisma works and that idea that you can't touch people from the other timeline, that seems to indicate some insider knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know I never touched you. Like, That's true. You know, maybe he's from enough. a different timeline. It's, and, I mean, stuff flipping back and forth, the inconsistency yep. of the spaces that they occupied, in addition to other stuff, is, is it has to be significant. Yep. Another big question from episode four is... Well, and sort of from episode nine is what happened in the days between the kid coming to Castle Rock Classic and Lacey capturing him? Something bad has to have happened in those those days. Because Lacey says, dragging evil everywhere you went. And I think sometime during that time, the kid either learned that he had the power to harm people by touching them or that he could accidentally hurt people by touching them. Because he knows that something bad will happen 
you know. But that's a so, lot to learn in a few days when well, you're running around. I know, but Henry also talked about it in the other universe, so maybe he sort of remembered it. But there has to be something that taught them that. Some Unless they go to orientation in between. Right. In in the Toadash space, there's yep. like a little classroom with it's, some desks. It's like, like the... So, you're trying... It, it's, it's the same guy that was in the prison video. <laughs> so, yeah. you're going to another so, you're world. you're traveling to another universe. That's right. Yeah, exactly. What do you want to be? Make up your own shit. Oh, wait a minute. Make what? up your own story. You can be whatever you want to well, be. Well, I want to be the devil. Yeah, right? I want to be Satan incarnate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in my kid apologist days, and I still kind of am in a way, getting into episode five, you could interpret his reaction to the parole video as this, like, acceptance of maybe making a new life, and he's stuck here. Like, if I'm going to be stuck here, and I'm finally getting out of Shawshank, maybe I will try to create an identity for myself, or, you know, Yeah, but at what this... point does he go, well, wait a minute, I... I... Does he really, he was never worried about like having money or food or anything like that. So maybe he never did have to eat anything. Maybe that yeah. bucket was for nothing. Oh, well, hopefully, because that's disgusting. But yeah, I wonder what he thinks this place is. He saw Molly die. Does he think he's dead and he's in like some sort of purgatory or whatever? Um, but, you know, we don't know. We're not allowed Episode to 10. say purgatory because of loss. Oh, right. Because trauma. Yeah, I yeah. hope not. That would be Triggered. stupid. Um, he kind of acts like a, he acts like a very traumatized person in a lot of ways. He, he keeps, he doesn't really want to leave Shawshank. He sort of hesitates. Mm -hmm. He's always huddled up in a corner. He wants to keep these spaces small. He's very afraid at first, it seems like. Um, then I have a note here. We sort of touched on this. If the home environment helps cure retrograde amnesia, like they say the kid has, the kid's odd recovery could be due to the fact that this isn't really his castle rock or because it's not Boston. You know, the kid says that his mom left Castle Rock. He didn't grow up there. And even if, you know, he did grow up in Castle Rock, this isn't his Castle Rock. No, but the house was the same. It was just that his father stayed there. Except that the newel post is different on the stairs. Oh. It didn't look like a chess piece like the other one? I found out what it was called. No, it's just slightly different. There's a square bottom underneath the... The hoobity blah. I went and asked my interior designer mother about what that thing was called, and then you just you said I looked it up, and then you said hoobity blah. Yeah, well, you know, I only know Newell Post. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a designer, and then you called me on it, and I didn't have anything else. No follow up so, questions, Sarah Sanders. So in effect, exactly. How dare you <laughs> expose me this way on my own show? You know. I really want to know who birthday family is. All we know is the mom's name is Angela, and I have no Angelas as a frame of reference. So, no. right? There's none. The only Angela Could is be. the mother and who's the boss. Yeah. I did think, um, you know when Molly's, like, touring them around Lacey's house, Gordon and Lilith? They mention that Gordon's mother's dead when they talk about the, the mother-in-law suite possibly being billed. Gordon's mother's dead. Oh, thank God. And so, like, if that domestic dispute did end in the mother being, then it would sort of support that that's, like, Gordon in the that's past true. or something. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. If it's that Gordon, then that's weird. Also, who were the other people she was talking yeah. to? Yeah. Remember the other people she was trying to sell to? Yeah! I don't get Yeah, it. like, there's no evacuation. Don't worry about it. Prospect Street's fine. Yep. Don't worry about it. Um... When Molly tells Henry that the kid feels wrong 
she doesn't specify whether that means like he feels wrong to her or he feels wrong to himself because she's like empathing him at the moment. Oh, right. Maybe she wouldn't even know the difference. Take that how you will. Yeah. And then I was thinking about the kid in the trunk seeing Pangborn and having a relationship with a Pangborn in a different Castle Rock. That would be very upsetting. That's true. Like, my stepdad just let me get driven away in a trunk. Yikes. Also, how did Lacey take Skarsgård? Right. Like, it couldn't have have been, like we said in the live show, it couldn't have been with a big cartoon net that he just caught him with. He's like a perfectly healthy guy. Maybe he pretended to be helpful and, like, put some, you know... Oh, yeah. He just threw some Wonder Bread on the ground trying to lure him in. (laughs) Well, no. I I was going to say, like, put some sleeping pills in a teacup or something. But, yeah, like... Oh, yeah, let's go and talk. You know, I'm the warden of the prison here. I bet I could get you some help. Here's some tea with a load of sleeping pills in it. Now you're in a cage. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Ha ha! Yeah. When the kid offers to help Ruth to Pangborn, I wonder if he means with his little implant or if he's like, I'm going to take her back to the other universe where she won't age and it'll stop the progression of the Alzheimer's. I think it had to have been. I think it had to have been. I, I have the capacity to fix it. Yeah, but it was still a fun thought. Because oh, in for theory, sure. but then again, we don't know if it affects the brain. It mostly just seems to affect like your 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 age, not aging, but you still grow fingernails and toenails and stuff. Weird. Yeah, you got to just slip that yeah. in there every goddamn show, don't you? So you've read more of the Dark Tower? Oh yes, I do. I must. <laughs> it's it's in my writer. It's in my yes. Contract. That is true. Yep. Make a Katie a gag once an episode mm-hmm. in. You know, there's that idea that animals have sort of, like, some ability to sense the supernatural, you know? Like, oh, dogs and cats can see ghosts, or their senses are... Do they maybe sense the opening of thinnies, or understand that people are not in the right place, or something like that? Maybe that explains some of the dog barking in the show... I don't know. I'm just trying to make it I mean, that's a trope, so that would fit. In the Dark Tower specifically, animals are very intuitive, I would say. Right. That's a... And I mean, I know the animals holding up the towers aren't like animals like we have, but... Yeah, no, those are symbols. I figured they must be... Oh, you'll meet one, though. Yeah. Oh, you're in in for such an awesome ride. Well, I'm assuming that the turtle, not to be all spoilery, is the same turtle from it, right? Or the tower is on the turtle's back. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's not one of the post animals, but anyway. So yeah, I'm almost, I'm like maybe 75 pages away from the end of The Gunslinger, so. You're so lucky. I should be done. You're so lucky because you just get to go on to the next one, whereas every, uh, the rest of us idiots had to wait like 15 years. Oh yeah, waiting for a series to end is is a clutch move, for sure. (laughs) Um. All right, episode six. See, we're getting through this. This is this is mm-hmm. progressing well. The kid being interested in the Revs things, like, could be explained because in his universe, his father just died. He's trying to figure out, like, is he the same? What's he like? Maybe learn more about him. That's very humanizing, but I just had to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be kind of testing how similar the people he knows from his world are in this world. Like, with Ruth and, like, pumping her for information, seeing if... It's the same thing that his mother also told him. Right. But let's see. What is with Odin and Willie getting into them now a little bit? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I thought about how there's a huge difference between the idea of correcting and the idea of reconciling. Because correcting is almost like going back and fixing things, whereas reconciling is like planning future transactions to make things sync up. Yes. And the schisma reconciles the universe. It doesn't retroactively go back and fix things. It seems like it determines a future that will correct what, or that will reconcile the timelines, whatever that may be. Maybe yeah, that's causing it... Zaluski to, or Zaleski, excuse me, to massacre his co-workers. In one. Or, yeah. And not you know, another. Or... I mean, it, it, and it, I don't think it's, you know, some kind of Thanos-style wiping people out. No. However, I do think that they could play it as, you know, things won't match up until there's only one of everyone. That's mm. that's a, a, a route yeah. they could take. I don't necessarily think it's a great right. one, but it, it's defensible. No. You know? It is. What is Willie Odin's protege for? It seems it's not the scientific thing. I want to know how much Odin and the Reverend understand about the schisma. Do they understand that it opens a portal to these other worlds somehow? Or that it signals these portals opening? Because otherwise, there's really no point in studying it other than it may be slightly interesting, you know? Yeah. I think that they... Well, then again... I mean, they could have been thinking of it from the standpoint of we don't know what this does and we're never going to know unless we find it. Right. So theoretically, they could have been going after. I mean, it's like what what any scientist does. You know what I mean? They say, all right, well, I don't know a thing. Now I need to know the thing. Right. Like, I don't think the migratory patterns of finches are all that interesting, but, like, there are scientists who study that, and that's their whole deal. So that's what I kind of am wondering. Like, is Odin training Willie just to study the schisma, or does he understand how, you know, literally world-shifting it is? And is, like, does Odin know how to open thinnies, or know that they're opening thinnies? Well, or he couldn't have known that much, because he didn't know somebody was going to shove a fucking screwdriver in his eye. Well, it doesn't make you molly. It just opens a door. <laughs> but yeah. So, then I was thinking, like, if someone amplified the schisma artificially, could you create your own thinny? Like, can it be manipulated for the purpose of traveling? Hmm. I don't know. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And was Odin in Castle Rock during the events of 1991? We know that the schisma was extremely loud there because the thinny opened and Henry went through it. That's and true. came back through it. So where was he during when all of this was happening? And he knows the reverence, so he has to have been involved somehow. Yeah. He had to have been in on it. Yeah. But who... He, I don't know. It's the... Maybe he pushed the reverend. Yeah. I don't think that the... There's no way... And, and the, the person pulling the strings thing... Now that I think about it, I don't think it be it could be Pangborn because if Pangborn was pulling the strings, Pangborn wouldn't have reacted to the kid the way he reacted, and he wouldn't have needed the letter from Lacey because he already would have known. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, Odin's kind of a wild card too. Like I can't connect him to anybody in Castle Rock other than the Reverend. Which that's in my mind. That's why I just completely cut him out of it. It's just (laughs) he's a he he's validating the fact that the schisma exists. You can't. Right. You can't show there being different worlds unless you set up that there's a doorway between the worlds. So sure. they needed that piece to explain why anybody was going out in the woods in the first place. Because they did say, right. 
that that the woods were Lacey's favorite place to hang out too. His church. Yeah, yes. his church. So they um well then it's like Stephen King sort of falling back on his own like oh, here's a token black person to magically explain yeah, everything the magical black and person. then yep. be completely eliminated from the narrative in a cheap way. Yep. Hey, Dick Halloran. How you doing? Eh, what a bummer. Well, let's hope. We don't know for sure because it wasn't King yeah. that actually wrote it and I don't think Mark Bernard would have allowed it. It would be kind of ironic, though, if they accidentally just yeah, did right. that. Anyway. I want to know now, here's another kind of unanswered question for me. Were, the, were Lacey and the Reverend aware of each other's independent work in pursuit of the voice of God? Like, did they start out as a team? They both believe in this concept, and then they kind of, like, split apart. Do they know that each one of Do them... Do you mean Catworld Lacey? I mean, uh, Catworld no. Matthew? I mean, I mean Dog Universe Lacey and Dog right, Universe dog, Matthew. Dog Matthew, I don't think, knew shit about God actually saying words. And that's yeah. the thing that I actually don't think. I think Lacey is the, for lack of a better term, twinner of. So then, when Ruth Deaver. went to the picnic and the Reverend was talking about it, though he said that a voice spoke to him. Is that another Castle Rock? Then I mean, it could have been, but I th- I also yeah. think. Or is that just like the rantings of a madman? Well, it's. I mean, no one ever says, you know, God showed him a picture they always say god right. talked to him you know and that's a standard True. standard thing but he didn't go you know building any structures as a result of what god was saying to him whereas except the filter he designed the filter but not because god told him to i don't think yeah no god wouldn't go hey you want to hear me do this the uh i so... do agree that the lacy in dog universe fills the role that the reverend does in cat universe yep. that they are the exact same character and they made that clear because the voiceovers in episode two and episode nine are exactly the same mm-hmm. exactly down to like let me stand athwart the door do you remember these two tragedies and also this it's too i built a cage yeah it's too much i stole a kid i yeah. stole a kid who was a man it wasn't a kid at all they just Right. Doesn't make anybody any sense. Although my favorite thing would be if, for some reason, we just saw Bill Skarsgård because that's what some people saw. But when they actually showed him, it was just some little kid like running around, like it oh, was yeah. actually like they all saw a kid. We just thought it looked like Bill Skarsgård. That would make me really mad, but it was mm. also be really funny. Well, the dead do wear the skins of things of friends to blah blah blah. So another thing I had, just like musing to myself in the wee hours of the morning, when the kid has all the, or escapes from Juniper Hill, it's the exact way that Henry did in his timeline. It's like, did he take a little leaf out of uh, baby arsonist Henry's book to get out of Juniper Hill? I mean, probably not, but maybe. I don't know. They're always setting everything on fire. That's like their go-to move. Yeah. Here's something that's sticking in my craw. Right. If the kid got stabbed in the side with the screwdriver, why, when Pangborn comes up to him, is the blood coming over his hand? How would that even work? He's got to have blood tripping down his arm because that's to go not, over the top. That's absolutely, it's not the same. It's not the same because that's the messy house world. Aha. So there are three, we think. There's got to be. I mean, there's got to be because I've been bitching about that sense. frying pan for four yeah. episodes. So that's like the biggest unanswered question of episode six. What was the bloody struggle in the Deaver kitchen? Mm-hmm. We have no idea. But that's but who punched what... the picture? Yeah. Who did that too? And like 
the kid is clearly wounded in the shoulder or something, something that would cause the blood come to come down his arm and over his hand. And, you know, that's the thing. We, we talked about it a little bit on the live show. Yes, to a degree, you can get away with some stuff just being, look how weird this town is. And I actually have a really Kingian example of it. Mm-hmm. The I, I was thinking, and there's an analog to the weird kid court. In one sure. of the King stories, there is a character who is able to look into places they shouldn't be looking into. Basically, they kind of... Just imagine it was the the Dark Tower world of, wow, your webcams really can see you. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. There was a perfectly normal housewife in a perfectly normal house, and she had cleaned her entire house, and then she had decided that it wasn't clean enough... And she just got on the floor and started licking the floor because it wasn't clean enough. Never brought right. up again. Never discussed. Wasn't even a real, like, yeah. significant character. It was just a look how weird this place is and how gross everybody in it is. Maybe that's why Diane is always licking and eating things it's, and sniffing things that she's not supposed to. That's possible. I didn't think of that. But I think it, that kind of thing is, we'll just call it flavor text. That's, oh, look how yeah. weird our town is. But the Like, the, we want you to realize this is Bizarro World. Right. The Sometimes it's a picture, then it, there was a cross there, obviously, but then the cross was gone, and then there was a picture there, and the picture was punched. That's, I mean, there's, Chekhov has so many guns in this fucking thing that it's like an arsenal. There's a million yeah. things that if they don't, like, call back to him, it's just, that's bad right like you're you're breaking the rules of right everything (laughs) yep and now back to our old uh old heartbreaker episode episode seven um the new old post shots i just wanted to call everybody's attention to that if you want to go back and look at that it's very baffling and the difference is noticeable but it's also something that i don't think a regular tv viewer would catch like if you're just watching there's no effing way that unless during production somebody broke the newel post and they had to right. come up with a replacement, that it would not have been on yeah. purpose. Bill's kind of gangly. Maybe he tripped down the stairs and slapped <laughs> it right off. I don't know. Um, when Ruth is seeing her little past selves, the ones at least that make eye contact with her and interact with her, each one of them gives her like a little mini lesson that she then uses in the rest of the episode. Like the breadcrumbs or knowledge about henry when he was a little kid or the pangborn magic trick or whatever just kind of neat are the kid or henry or pangborn the time walkers rather than ruth who knows guess we'll find out yeah i guess so um and we didn't really talk about in or we didn't speculate too much about who the dead that the time walker has to kill is is it the crimson king who is an undead being no way they can't Um, the crimson king is the biggest of the big yeah, they bads. can't bring it in right now, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, the Crimson King is in the dining room. Oh, where I know. Henry sits and where, the ki- and where the kid sits. And so we'll get into some cool stuff that my dad told me about the Crimson King in just a minute. And here. the kid's color was um, red, remember, too. Yes, he did say that. And velvet, like a ruler. So mm-hmm. I'm doing an eyebrow wiggle that no one can see because this is a podcast. <laughs> Ruth, and she didn't um, have space she, face anymore, so it doesn't like make some crinkly sound when she does it. 
I don't. I'm so mad. I bought like fifty dollar moisturizer that had shellfish parts in it. Who knew? Well, that's how they get you. Um, that's how they get you. Give you an allergic reaction. <laughs> um, when Molly comes looking for Henry and is like, "Is Henry home?" and Ruth says, "No, he actually is though," because the kid is Henry. Da da da. I didn't think of that. Ha. Yeah, that's just one of those cutesy little things. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Does the kid, do you think the kid knows the Reverend is dead or has picked up on that in this universe? I kind of wonder. I think it's impossible to not. Yeah. All right. Here comes crazy theory. Am I on like super insane theory number two? I had the Desjardins thing and here comes another one. Yep. Ruth says to Pangborn when they're talking about Puck, you have no idea what he was capable of and talks about seeing the turkey vultures in the woods and being too chicken shit to see what that was. Was Reverend Deaver killing other animals, or maybe even people, in that castle rock? It was the murder capital of the world or whatever in 1991. And, you know, the one-off of killing the dog doesn't make sense. But if he's, like, spiraling out of control or whatever... Yeah. And the turkey vultures were around for a while. You know, she would see them. So now I'm like, what else is dead back there? So there you go. There's crazy theory number two. Off the wall theory number two. But here's the thing that throws me about that. Yeah. If the woods were behind their house, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why was Deaver rolling up in the car? And I thought, like, he was taking Henry. Well, I guess it's it's not the right woods. Like, there's lots of woods, but it's not the right spot. Right. So behind the the woods as we're talking about them now in that, you know, they're the woods where the schisma is by the lake because their house isn't Mm -hmm. by the lake. So her seeing turkey vultures out behind the house is just different woods. It's different woods, but it's also what the hell is he doing out behind the house? Practicing? I don't know. Killing. Like I said, (laughs) he's killing. killing. Yeah. Serial killing. Um, And yeah, I mean, like. You guys, as listeners, may not know this, but, like, for every human being in Maine, there's, like, 450 trees. There's not a ton of people there. There's not. You know, if you if you look up the population, it's insanely small. There's a little over a million people. Yeah, it's, like, nothing. And yep. the African-American population, the black population, is incredibly tiny. It's eenty Even based on, like, yeah. So... It would be nice if Stephen King could have diverse characters without placing it in a location that makes it so seem so shoehorned and weird and, like, constantly calling attention to it. I don't know. That's just my own thing. I know he only does stuff in places he's lived, so. Yeah. He, 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 he's, not, he's not big on branching no. out. No. So, my dad, the music man, my dad is... A huge music lover, always has been, really loves listening to records and knows all sorts of stuff about everybody. Every, like, obscure rockish band from 1960 to 1990. Like, he's a cool dude. So he, upon hearing the phrase The Crimson King, asked me if I had ever heard the song In the Court of the Crimson King by a band called Crimson King from 1969. And I hadn't. And, like, the lyrics, you could argue, kind of sync up. It talks about, you know, like, the Crimson King ruling over the void and, like, some other neat stuff. And you kind of wonder if maybe Stephen King had ever heard this song when he dreamed up the concept of the Crimson King. So if you guys want to take a listen, the song is called In the Court of the Crimson King, and it's by a band called King Crimson, and it's kind of nifty. Very nice. 
Yeah. And then also there's the Red King in Through the Looking Glass. I went lit major on that. Hmm. Where, you know, Alice is, um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are like, the Red King is always sleeping. If he wakes up, you'll be snuffed out like a candle. Is it his dream or yours? Et cetera, et cetera. So, kind of a freaky dream yeah, very nice. literary thing. Yeah. But yeah, now I was thinking, like, if Wendell gave us some sort of huge clue, like, the Time Walkers could maybe refer to gunslingers and the great undead they have to fight, but, you know. I mean... It doesn't fit exactly, but it's just like, I want to no. make this Dark Tower thing work now. Well, there's no... It it's Well, that's the piece of it that the reason why it's not... Uh, I mean, it, it you can't do anything about it, because in right. the King universe people are revolving around the tower whether they know it or not you know right. what i mean like You're it's there around the tower as we speak yeah every everybody is and everything is and that's that's just how it goes there's not a you know because it's his creation myth so mm -hmm. his everything he writes is in that because he's never said anything specifically out of it and the only thing that even came close was it where the turtle and Pennywise right. are these primal things, but the tower still so, exists. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but like my limited reading is that, and this is a sort of spoiler for the Dark Tower series if anyone's really upset about that. I guess you can skip ahead for maybe like 45 seconds right. or something. Um, but the Crimson King's goal is to dismantle the tower, throw the world into chaos so that he can rule over the the horribleness that's left over yes. essentially so that's his angle. With this, yeah so if the schisma is reconciling the chaos that is keeping the universe from being in cohesion that's kind of the enemy of the crimson king wouldn't it you know yes like what is so yeah because that's never been that's never been a thing before like i've never right the the reconciliation thing has not been part of you know anything yeah. that that and, like, so the schisma would be trying to thwart the sort of things that breakers are doing or that, you know, would cause the universe to fly into that chaos that the Crimson King wants to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, is the schisma sentient in some way? Is it, you know... No. I wanna, I, or is I, it just accidentally working to create order? Or they could just be... They don't get the idea of how big what they're dealing with is. And they don't get yeah. that it's just a door, so they think it must be doing something. Because I don't yeah. believe there's there's oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like they they think yeah. oh yeah, well this is a if we get this thing, then we're gonna be sweet because some right. unspecified they're, reason. They're looking at the mechanics rather than the function of like it opens a door, right? So yeah. So, another moment from episode seven, when the kid repeats that I'm smaller than a teacup clue, I was wondering if it was, like, him trying to tell Ruth in a way, I am Henry. You know, if Ruth did similar things in the other universe with him. And so he's kind of decided to go on this, like, look, I am your son. I think that... Recognize me. That, I think that that is the only thing that makes any sense. Yeah. But I also think that it's very possible that he was doing it to dick with her because I don't trust him. Well, yeah, he could be being manipulative. And there's a couple of other places where he could also be being manipulative, especially with Molly. So another thing, 
towards the end, when Ruth is going down the stairs and she's all prettied up, the Newell post is different. She doesn't have a bandage on her wrist. This is maybe that other very similar dog universe where she's going down to meet Pangborn. Because we know in one of the dog universes, she looks like she's just come out of, like, she's like a bat out of hell. She was crazed. But this time, she's perfectly quaffed and, you know, yep. beautiful. All and put together. Meeting him. And the Newell post is different mm -hmm. than the one that we've seen. So there's another tiny moment that lets us in on the idea that there are these two castle rocks that are incredibly similar but still different. Um, let's see here. Okay. Do we think, moving on to episode eight that Lacey's paintings have some sort of power over Gordon. It almost seems like the painting compelled him to buy the house, and then you kind of, they kind of want it to seem like the kid paintings made him capable of murder, even though he kind of snapped already. They have to have some kind of significance because we waited yeah. literally the entire show to... And then, like, why? Yeah. Lacey's like a dude. He's just like a guy, we think. Yep. Who painted, but... Which was also oh, well. just a weird-ass thing to do. Yeah. Thank goodness his wife is blind, again, because he's only got paintings of this guy. Yep. But, whatever. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. I think I made that joke already, but still. Um, does the filter affect Molly's abilities, or the schisma in general? Because it's kind of blending her and Henry's memories around, and what... I don't know what I think about all that, but it seems her affliction, or she doesn't like it, is getting worse as the schisma gets louder. Now, we interpreted that at first as Henry being back in Castle Rock, but it could also just be the spike in the strength of the schisma. And think of that. Wait, yeah. That's possible. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I think either. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I think... have no answers. In case anyone hadn't figured that out yet. Well, the, the other thing that, that is inconsistent a little bit is that Molly seems to have powers in this one and not in yeah. Cat Universe. The only, the only little comment was that she sort of always knew when Henry was home. But yeah, it seems like her powers are non-existent in that other universe. Because she traded until... it all for, like, luck. Yeah, and until she out. touches young Henry, then she immediately starts having visions. Or at least a connection to her other self. Yeah, something's not... Uh, mm -hmm. Something's not adding up. They don't show Pangborn's body in episode 8, and that bothers me. Because they did it on purpose, and I don't know why. But yes, anyway. It was on purpose. Moving right along. The kids suggest taking the dead body to the woods, and I'm like, does he want to hide that in the Toadash space, or is it just like a standard, we're going to hide the body in the woods deal? I mean, maybe that, maybe he, that's all he knows, and that's part of the turkey vulture thing. Yeah. So then I've got, as a question, is Henry necessary for the crossover, or is he only necessary to find the thinny? Because everyone we've seen travels with Henry, but I'm inclined to think that he's really just necessary to locate it. But I don't know. I don't think he opens the door. I think he finds the door. Yeah. And I don't think people need to be with him to cross over. It's just that the only crosses we've seen have been with him. Yeah. So, But that's a question nonetheless. The police description of the kid in this episode says mid-twenties, and it drives me nuts, because, like, the kid's age is a huge sticking point for me. I don't know what they're intending to do. I'm getting mixed signals, and I don't like it. It's Because it doesn't make any damn sense. No, it doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, let's see. 
they did make sure to remind us with that nasty police lady that Henry is as much of an apparent lightning rod for death and misfortune as the kid is. And and he kind of always has been. They just yeah, but... want to keep us dancing back and forth between ideas. Yeah, but clearly. is he only that every 27 years? Because she's saying that he was that during... See, that's the piece of it that doesn't it doesn't match up because... But... They called him that in high school, right. which is past the time that so the Reverend died. the shit does 27 years have to do with it? Yeah, and remember Jackie called him a screw-up orphan? I still contend, what could you possibly be a screw-up about at the age of five? Or between, like, five and 11? Like, what sort of horrible things could you really do unless you're, like, frickin' John Venables or something and you killed a two-year-old? Yeah, that's true, too. With a hanger. So, well, yeah. <laughs> horrible, horrible thing. Um, let's see. In Lacey's paintings, the kid is wearing lots of different clothes. And that could be artistic license, but all I could think about was John's horrible theory about Lacey sex-slaving the kid, and it made me sad. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm sad again. Yeah, I know. I just, like, kind of want to reach across the pond and choke John. I want to wake him, him up, because it's yeah. shit early over there. God damn it. As... As my grandma says, John, innocence lost is never regained, and you stole something from me, and that's I want it back. Right. By the way, that's that's John from Castle Rock Critical. Oh, yeah. If you missed the live show, you should go back and watch it on the Superficial Gallery YouTube. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. The, the guys are really sweet, and it was kind of fun to see the, the roles that we each fall into in our respective podcasts. Yeah, right. Of course, the Katie and I are multiple people in ours because they have, like, six, and it's just yeah, us. Yeah, a bunch of people. And and thank everybody in the chat, too, that, that made yeah. that show what it was. But also speaking back to our, our live chat, I went back and watched the, the Death Visions, Len. Everything syncs up. Molly appears to get stabbed. And it's her dead, Molly 2's dead body, and the kid steps over it. At least in my limited understanding of it, when I recapped it. So, so. Dog Molly is dead. Cat Molly is dead. Cat Molly's dead. Dog yes. Molly is alive. Yes. All right. And possibly second dog, Molly. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Or it could be a bird. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Who knows? The Another thing that I took note of was that the kid is stabbed in the side with the screwdriver and Henry is stabbed in the side with the knife. Just like another thing where they're trying to equate the two of like them. They have the it. same name. Yeah, they have a lot of the same experiences. They have the same parents. They have, you know, they're, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're the same. Where the hell did Jackie find this axe? I, I it just really she had it me. in her Was car. It? You know she had does, it in her car. Why does she have an axe? Because in her she's tax? Jackie, and that's what I'm Ugh, just gonna say I... it like Kelso now from from uh, that '70s show. Oh, yeah. Jackie. <laughs> Ugh, I hate her, but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny that she went all like a following right in her uncle's footsteps with the crazy axe swinging. Mm-hmm. You know, very The Shining. Um. In Dog Universe Castle Rock, which is so much less clunky than saying Castle Rock Classic, (laughs) um, the kid and Henry and Molly all seem to be suffering some sort of physical pain as the schisma is, like, growing in strength. The kid kind of, like, is doing this deal. Henry is having all of these headaches. Yeah, he had it diagnosed. Yeah, and Molly is popping pills like she doesn't have any spending limits. True. You know. So... This brings me to another moment of, like, if the kid didn't start out as evil, it's starting to seem like he's evil now. 
Like, if he understands how all of this works, he's being incredibly manipulative of Molly when she's in the house with him. With the whole, that's where you died. I yeah. know you. You can help me. I'm going to use you and discard you when I get what I want. Yeah, so I still want to believe and still do believe that the kid started out as a normal person, that he was thrust into these events, but there has been a transformation and I don't think he's, he, he's not good now and he's not doing good things. So, you know, and only there's this temptation in all of us, I think to want to understand people's experiences and justify what they do. Like we do whenever someone murders someone like, why would they do that? Oh, well, they were abused or, oh, this or that. But it's still a bad thing that someone did. So Roger there's, that. My, there's my speech on the kid for you. Wow. I think he would be perfectly within his rights to be angry, to feel frustrated and to feel cheated out of a life that he once had. But that doesn't excuse the potential bad things that he's done now and the people that he's hurt. Right. And if if indeed he's responsible for the things we think he is. My last word on the kid and why I mm -hmm. think the kid is bad. Because they, they were asking me on Twitter today. Everyone's uh, beating me up because I just think the kid is bad. Here's, here's why I think that. Okay. And we'll just, you, we'll put Hen Henry in one hand and the kid in the other hand. Henry is, according to everything we know unaware of what happened to him. He yeah. was genuinely baffled when he was told about the schisma. He didn't know any of that shit. Right. He knew none of it. He was living his life. He, you know, he didn't call his mother enough, obviously that that's a drawback, but uh, you, not you know, involved in his son's life or his so ex-wife. He's or not the greatest guy. No, but the kid on the other hand, demonstrates knowledge of the of mechanics. how all this works right mm -hmm. has it begun yet can you hear it blah 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 he was getting instructions from Lacey, and if nothing else he knew that he was dangerous because he told the guy in the cell you shouldn't touch me yeah at that point if you're good you go all right well wait a minute i obviously fucking know molly because they brought me to stay at her place yeah. and I hung out with Jackie, but I didn't go, hey, Molly, let me tell you a bunch of shit about yourself in order to make you realize that there's more going on here than you think. And you got to get me like this could have all happened like six episodes right. ago. And, and he chose to wait until, like, Henry's not ready yet, so now I'm going to use you. Right, and that's the... He's manipulating things or attempting to manipulate things in a way that, unless it's going to turn out that, oh, well, this is the only way it could have happened, and that's the way, you know, it's it's like an Infinity War where there's like, oh, well, all these things had to happen in exactly this order so that everyone can be happy. I don't buy it. Right. He's specifically done things that he knew would cause people harm right self-serving or otherwise it's not nice right you know and whether or not you were abused for 27 years by warden lacy you still can't go and turn that outward like yeah, you are you, due, no. you are due recompense for what happened but still you know it's not an excuse so there you go i still feel sorry for the kid though i just want to throw that out there 
that if the situation is as we've been shown it, it's very sad. Except that the only reason that we find him a sympathetic character right now is because of the story that he told. Right. To Molly. So it could be a lie. Could very well be a lie. Uh, let's see here. Where did we leave off? Oh, yeah. We're right at where he's like telling Molly about all of this stuff. Is he being manipulative? Highly possible. Um, by the end of episode eight, both Henry's and the kid's eyes, their pupils are huge. Henry, as he's driving away, the kid, as he's looking off into the woods and talking to Molly. Also interesting to note that at the end of this episode, every living main character has killed someone. Hmm. Henry, Henry killed Lilith. Molly killed the Reverend and maybe Odin. By the way, I'm like, maybe Molly killed Odin because she wanted to get the hell out of there real quick once he asked, hmm. where are those men? I don't know. We got to get away from this trailer. So it's entirely possible that Molly's the one who killed Odin. That's true. Yeah, so Molly killed the Reverend, we know, maybe Odin. Jackie killed Gordon. The kid killed the Nazi guy and possibly other people at Juniper Hill. And Ruth has killed Pangborn. If we count Wendell as a main character, and I don't really, even though I love him, he hasn't killed anybody yet. He I hasn't mean, had he's a chance. Vampires. They sent he's him to the store, vampires. And, and now uh, he's walking down the street. Yeah. We gotta, gotta, gotta figure out what happened to Wendell, I guess. Which brings us to episode nine. We are approaching the end. The Reverend's voiceover, exact replica of Lazy's. You should really watch episode two and then watch episode nine. The similarities are ridiculous. That's fun. Just right on. Very cool. Um, they mention forest fires in Castle Rock 2 in the cat universe. Um, that huh. they're ravaging the countryside. And when you see the funeral procession going across the bridge, the kids in the car are wearing breathers, gas masks. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Whose funeral procession are we seeing across the bridge? You know, it could be from one of the tragedies, but it seems more likely that it's somebody that we might recognize from the other Castle Rock, possibly. That's very true. Can't be for nothing. Who knows? So when I went back and watched this for a third, possibly a fourth time, I took a note that Mom Deaver, meaning the Reverend's mom, has this reaction of, like, sighing. Like, ugh, when... The Reverend starts breathing again, which made the wheels start turning. Like, has she tried to kill this baby before? And it just didn't fucking take. And that's why she thinks the devil is in this kid. Or it's a mm. perpetuating cycle of like, and Ruth talks about the death not taking. But her reaction when he starts crying from the other room is very like, God damn it. Like, I can't kill this fucking baby. That's true. So, yeah, there's that a crazy true. thought for you. But the, then that throws off. You know, then the why was God telling him to kill that one where the other devils were just supposed to get put in cages? Well, I don't know. I think his mom was also crazy. Maybe it was like a Rosemary's Baby situation. I didn't want to give birth to Satan, but whoops, I did. Oops. Yeah, yeah my true. bad. Who knows? Just a theory. There's crazy mm -hmm. theory number three. Fair enough. Um, the kid has this line when he's talking about Alzheimer's, like, continuity is hard work. And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. I've been watching this show for nine episodes now, and I can't figure out what the hell is going on. Uh. Um, so then I made myself, and this is another early morning one. You can tell the state of mind I was in when I write these notes, mm -hmm. that the schisma is trying to reconcile the possibilities. It's like trying to fight the Alzheimer's of the universe. Oh. Like trying to write all of these things conflicting yeah. things like the pages are mm -hmm. all mixed up 
Very nice. Alzheimer's jumbles the story, and having all of these timelines also jumbles the story of the universe. Very so. nice. A cute little thing in Cat Universe is that the Mellow Tiger is a gastropub. I didn't notice that at first. But it's got, like, a fancy sign, and it says, The Mellow Tiger Gastropub, which was hilarious. It's like the idealized Castle Rock. Yeah. No, that's Nan's. Nan's Massage Parlor or something like that in this one. You know? Now, interestingly, the Deaver House in Castle Rock 2, the Cat Universe, has the same Newell post as the different one at the end of Episode 7, The Queen. Hmm. Now, what that means, I, I couldn't possibly tell you. Molly, too, only wears one necklace. She doesn't have the feather necklace, whereas Molly in the Dog Universe has the pendant and also the feather. And I kind of fixated on that, but that could just be, like, another visual marker, like the straight hair, to make sure that we don't get them confused. So, just a note. The why now about the Reverend's suicide, that's exactly like people asking about Lacey. Right. Like, why would he do it now? Who knows? The thinny is opening. When the lights weren't working in the Deaver house, it was exactly like when Molly couldn't get the lights to work when the bandage priest was in her house. So I don't know if that tracks, but it reminded me of that. Hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. And then I've got the note, Molly's abilities don't seem to exist in the cat universe. Or if they do, they're very weak. Right. Not the same at all. Da-da-da! Now, I've been assuming that the tapes started, that the Reverend started recording the tapes when young Henry showed up, because that fits the 27-year cycle. But if anybody has anything to prove that wrong, be be my guest and let me know. But I think that's correct. I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. I, I have not the strength to fight my own theories anymore. <laughs> I... I'm concerned about the Reverend's study of the curse of Castle Rock because it kind of seems doofy, but like, go off, you know, with your cannibal French people theories. <laughs> Let's see. On a tape that's labeled week 487, which is about nine years, the Reverend talks about having a bad patch in the spring, and I kind of want to know what that means. Like a crisis of faith or like something's going on with the schisma or he can't hear it anymore or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Or he's sick or something like that. Yeah. Let's see here. And I finally made a note of this, but there's been like this whole freaking season for whatever reason, knowing how someone likes their eggs is like the highest level of intimate knowledge. That's like the test that everybody performs. He knew how I liked my eggs. She knows how I like my eggs. And I'm like, I don't think I could tell you, honestly, how anybody in my life likes their eggs. Well, you're a terrible person. I guess so. I also just don't eat a lot of breakfast eggs, I guess. In case anyone's interested, I like over-easy eggs. There. Now you know everything about me, and if someone pretends to be me or whatever, you can try that. Jason's going to be like, the fuck? (laughs) you're telling everybody on the internet how you like your eggs (laughs) oh actually i do know i do know how he likes his eggs over hard because he doesn't like runny yolks salmonella yeah how do you like your eggs acadia over hard just like ruth nice oh you and ruth and jason can start an over hard club (laughs) i like runny yolks that's what you dip your toast in that's a rookie mistake um didn't it I want to know how long between young Henry arriving at the Deaver House 2 and the Reverend putting him in a cage. 
Like, did that take a couple months, a couple years, a couple days? I don't get it. Because it, I don't even. Did God he has tell like this revelation? Well, yeah, he like cared for the boy for a while and was like happy to have him. Like, oh, I got my kid back. But then, no, he's a deceiver. I realized suddenly, I'm off my meds. Now I I'm buy his either. version way better than Lacey's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sure. he was looking at it as this is something good that's happening to me and I don't deserve anything good to happen to me. So it must be. Right. Trick. Yeah. And you've sent me like a facsimile of Wait the child that left. Who said something? Was it Ruth that said something about that? Like that she didn't deserve. Ruth said she didn't deserve to be happy. She told Pangborn that when she rejected his proposal in 1991, yeah. I don't deserve to be happy. But I assumed that was because she didn't protect Henry enough and, like, she didn't leave the Reverend, etc., cetera, et cetera, but, Which is not, like, you know. Well, it's pretty bad. You can, you can make mistakes and still be happy. Right. Like, you can Unless she knows what she lost because she... Right. ...can see... Mm. She's the one that sees everything. Yeah. So, the child witness in the Juniper Hill 2 fire in the cat universe says that he saw Henry grab the lighter, and set the mattress on fire. Where is a child getting a lighter in a secure psychiatric facility? Did he create one? Was he storing it somewhere? Smoking cigarettes. And like, yeah, I don't know. And Henry set the, he says he set the fire when Molly asks him because the other boy was getting too close. Which is kind of like the you don't want to touch me thing. Mm -hmm. Almost like he somehow knows that. Yeah, but I don't know. So, this brings me to another question. How or why does young Henry seem to know so much about how the schisma and thinnies work? Is this just by trial and error, or is it the Reverend taught him, Odin taught him? Where did this knowledge come from? A feeling? I mean, isn't that... I mean, that's got to be kind of the whole part of the underpinnings of the entire thing, right? Right, and I'm starting to lean toward this idea that Henry is somehow independently powerful in a way he doesn't understand or remember. Really? When when young Henry touches Molly, it immediately connects her to another version of herself. And she starts, like, having these visions. And suddenly she has this powerful drive to do what en whatever young Henry says they need to do. We need to get him to the woods. We need to take him here. We need to take him there. So I started to think, like, is this because of Molly and Henry's connection in the dog universe and she's now been connected to that Molly? Or is it because Henry himself is somehow powerful and influential, like we kind of saw with young Molly and dog universe? You know? It needs mm -hmm. explaining. Yeah. Do you think, well, which one do you think is, is uh, prime? Like, I, I, I think that the one we've been watching, or the, the, the major, the one where Zaleski works at Shawshank is mm -hmm. prime. I think what we consider yeah, dog universe to be prime. The real Castle Rock or whatever. Then there's like the idealized, this is way too good to be true Castle Rock that the kid was describing. And then potentially like a slightly worse Castle Rock. Right. Or something. So, yeah, I mean, I think our focus is supposed to be the one that we primarily think we've been seeing, the the real one, the one where the the one that will eventually be reconciled. Because that's where all all the deaths are happening, but I don't know. 
So when they're driving in the car, Molly sees her young self pulling the tube. And I was thinking about the time differences. And I'm like, is she seeing that in real time? Like, as it's happening? But I don't know. Then we get into some Dark Tower shit. And so I might get incorrect and you'll need to talk me around it. But the other... So we're thinking that the, like, sparkly whatever is Toadash space. Or that's what we're describing it as. Yeah. Whatever their version of it is. Okay, because isn't Toadash space normally filled with horrible monsters? Well, yeah, Toadash is in between, and it's a green, uh, silvery light type of thing. Green light! Yeah, I know. Green light, like we saw. I've been riding that horse since the premiere. Because, yeah, I thought about the green dragonfly um, and some other stuff. The... It's it's not a it's not a it's not like you go into the thinny and then you're in Todash and then you go the other way. Todash is like a, a an alternate route right. than a thinny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's another way to do it, and a third way to do it is like Jack in the Talisman. Just go well. I'm gonna just fucking do it. I'm then gonna flip. And flip. Yeah. That that I still believe is. Ruth. What Ruth is doing? Yeah. yeah. I, it doesn't... It's the only thing that neatly makes it make sense so far. So... Because yeah. they've, so the, they've laid all the pieces out together. Do we think that, like, this 17th century or 18th century French girl and the girl committing suicide in the prison gang, are they trapped in this part? Or is this thing independent of time and all of these are just happening all at once? in their respective timelines, you know? Because they're all present there. The girl, Molly, Henry, the girl committing suicide, the prison gang, they're all in this little stretch of forest at the same time, even though they're from different years. So did they somehow get trapped in there? Or is this the experience of entering the Thinny in their respective timelines, but the Thinny exists outside of time? That is the equivalent of going to different levels of the tower because you're going to see okay. other stuff everything else other wares okay. other wins because you don't know what you're going it's it's like remember um chat roulette yeah i do it's that but universes mm-hmm. and 98 percent of them will be some dude whacking it yeah that's uh that's very true <laughs> oh so this brings me to, like, thinking about Toadash space and how it's filled with horrible monsters or, like, thinnies or whatever. It opened up the idea for me that when Henry went into the thinny, something else could have come out and pushed the Reverend. That's true. And escaped into Castle Rock. Whether it be a horrible creature, fingers crossed, or just some other dude from some other where. That's true. Yeah. I, I also thought that it didn't jive with the Henry did it thing was... He might have realized that all this fucking around with all this made his kid disappear and he jumped off the thing. Yeah, I don't think he cares about Henry enough. Yeah, I guess not. Maybe he's just worried Ruth will be mad, but... So, one of the biggest questions of Episode Nine is obviously, who killed Molly too? Like, someone in the, the thinny or the toadash space or whatever we want to call it killed her. I mean, it... It, it seems. It, it it's feels... gotta be the girl with the knife! Yeah, but that's all random, because then if it's just the girl with the knife that has nothing to do with nothing, then it could have been a fucking dinosaur. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Her dying like that doesn't make any sense. Please be a horrible Toadash monster. I... Yeah, Yeah, that would be fun. I'm jonesing. 
But they're also... For, like, tentacles. Like Len said on Sunday, there's no way Zaleski made such a big deal out of I fired in the air. Yeah, I guess maybe he did shoot her, but that also seems just kind of like... He it's only dumb. fired that one shot, and we watched him point it upward. Yeah, it's dumb. So, yeah, that would be stupid. Please be a horrible Toadash monster. That would be sweet. What kind of horrible monster is just going to poke you with his long knife finger and then just make a little hole in you? Well, she fell out of the... To- like, now, here's another question. Molly's body disappears. Can dead things not exist in... The Toadash space? Or no, I think... Occupy Finney's, or... It's, no, it, what happened was he kept going, but she was dead, so she stayed where she was. But her body, like, disappears. It's on his lap, and then it's like when he enters because, the Toadash, it's gone. Right, or because it's like... It's, it's... He flipped, and she didn't. Oh. You know okay. what I mean? So it was... She was she was in there with Henry, and then, like, she came out, and the kid went in. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, there were a ton of blackbirds flying in the thinny or the toad ash or whatever we want to say that this thing is. And then I was thinking to myself, are these the little birds that keep coming out of nowhere and dying? They're popping out of the hmm. the little place where they normally live. Because, yeah, they're cawing and flying across the sky there. It's like they're leaking birds into the... <laughs> That's interesting. And they're not supposed to be here. They're the canary in the coal mine. Oh. Yeah. You got a bird leak. There's a bird leak in Castle Rock. <laughs> they're all coming from the, the thingy. And then I just had like one more insane king dive, which is a great way to wrap it up, I think. Mm-hmm. That in relating to the whole Toad Ash thing, in the novella called N, which is contained in the story collection just after sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, a man named Dr. John Bonsaint, or Bonsant, if you're from Maine, <laughs> is a doctor who treats a boy who encounters a monster from Toad Ash space. Now, you may or may not remember that Del Bonsant is the neighbor on Prospect Street that gets referenced lots and lots of times mm-hmm. by Pangborn and by Ruth and by everybody else. So there's a connection of the Bonsant family to the Toad Ash space. In a Dark Tower story. Da na na. They could also be related to Paul Bonsant from Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. So That's a fun dig. And that's the last one that I have on our rapid fire archive dive. Oh, wait, no, I lied. I have one more thing. <laughs> Heterochromia can be caused by brain tumors. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. The Reverend had a brain tumor. Kid 2 has heterochromia. And the heterochromia is in Lacey's paintings. So take that, Len. It wasn't a trick of the light. Ha ha! Yep. Take that, The kid has heterochromia. Well, I just like to be right about one thing. The other thing you lied about was rapid. I tried. I tried. No, it was awesome. And the fact is, is that I think my my end of... and, And with... I'm going to read the, the, the feedback that we got because this is the last time we'll have feedback before the last show. The, uh, yeah. My, my take on it is there, and, and this isn't a big surprise or anything like that, but I think that the reveal is going to be that there was somebody behind the curtain and I think that it was Ruth. And I think that while mm. I do not know the particulars of how they're going to explain it, 
they have to they have a heavy lift for this because they have to a make us understand that there are other worlds which they did right. but but right now it it's still sort of a hippy dippy thing it has to be a mechanic that that the show can revolve around but they also have to make us care about the mm-hmm. characters we're watching so that we don't do the whole Rick and Morty you know if there's infinite possibilities then any one of them doesn't make any difference you know what i mean because right. there's like, inf- fuck it all right yeah. um and the the smart part of what the tower was is the tower was right up admitting, okay, there's a million universes and all these things are happening. And that's the thing that's in danger. So it wasn't even just, Oh, I care about this one person. If this one person fails, then all of everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. That's the lift that they have to do. Besides all the little picky stuff. If we were just watching it as this is one season of TV and it's a one-off and it's never going to happen again and everything like that. And we didn't know anything about Stephen King whatsoever and we were just absorbing these things as you know stuff that they they created from whole cloth we still would be like well they still got to tell us why and they got to tell us why it matters and and everything like that so I I'm probably wrong but I I still think it's Ruth yeah I think that Ruth is our what was that TV show that was on TV with, like, the blonde lady and Peter something, and they were, like, sort of like X-Files people, but not... It was kind of paranormal. Anyway, the point that I wanted to make was that there was this one great quote. They would, like, find aliens or reconcile multiverse problems back in the day, and some alien goes rogue and rescues a human woman, and his comrades are like, well, there are infinite universes and infinite versions of her. Why was she important? And he was like, because I cared about her. Right. She was important. Yeah. And so we care about this version of Castle Rock and these versions of these people. And so they have to they have to finish their story. Yep. They better do it right. Yep. And other than Once that, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do anything. Oh, the other thing is and and you know what? No, I'm gonna save that till after the finale. Because what I this doesn't have anything to do with with what mm. we're heading into so now the last thing we'll do on this episode is make sure that the fans get their say and mel's bells 84 on twitter go ahead and follow her immediately says i think the only things i still had questions on were the fires they seem to have gone away would the kid henry have put that cross slash family pick back up when he was with Ruth with our Henry's face knocked out. Not sure I believe the kid. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the fires were going to bottle the town up and they just yeah. did nothing. They just abandoned it. Maybe it's like extreme weather events correlating to the opening of Thinny's because there was that huge snowstorm when yeah. it happened 27 years ago. Very By the way, that show was called Fringe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It had the Dawson's Creek dude and yeah. uh, Anna Torv. Uh, yes. So then she goes on to say the kid, Henry, says his mother and he moved to Boston, similar to our Henry story. Ex-wife and kid is in Boston. I need to know what's up with the boats. The swarm of birds, roosts are in the woods, and she figured it's Puck. Could that have been Molly in a third timeline? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought the boats kind of were sort of wrapped up, not in the neatest way, by the wallpaper in Kid Henry's bedroom. But Pangborn goes fishing. Does he have a boat? I don't, I don't know. know. And then her last was the Rev's mom's hair. She added in pin curls. Those were popular in the 40s, same year Ruth was born. When the Rev died and came back, could he have been born in another reality? Oh, like... Mm. when he comes back hmm interesting i didn't think of that yeah. at all that's fun because we haven't really addressed the idea of reincarnation even though that word has come up in yeah many ways so and then let's see the last thing was oh then i gotta play off of it because writer by heart 95 said if I think the kid is lying, which I totally do, how do you know? How do you think the show will deal with it? Also, do you think the kid fist bumping Zaleski was because he knew what happened to um, her in his reality and wanted to possibly save her? I think she means Molly in that instance. And yeah. well, last... I thought he might have messed with Zaleski because he because was he mad was pissed, at the yeah. other Zaleski for hurting Molly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last thought. The kid got pulled through the thinny with little Henry. Why didn't Molly's body come with him? He was holding her when she died. That's what you asked. And I just think it's because she was dead. And when you're dead, you stick. Because otherwise, you've become an inanimate object at that point. And if everything moved, then like rocks and like every fucking badger and everything else that came by would just get swept up and thrown around. Yeah. Plus, potentially, the Toadash space would be full of corpses, which is kind of gross. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's no there's no janitor there. Yes. And Melissa says that was a strange scene because as soon as he looked up in the thinny, she was gone. Like, did she stay in the Boston Rock timeline dead or was she moved through to a completely different one, which is why the dates in her books are off? Melissa, you're my girl. I feel like we think the same. And that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I think that you're right that like dead things can't pass through whatever this is. But perhaps undead things can. Yeah. Inception noise, dramatic sting, etc. <laughs> well, that, I think, is the best we're going to do. You, you yep. wrung out every drop of conjecture out of that show that, that existed. And that was some neat stuff. And I think it all... You you picked up on things that I believe have to be addressed. Some of them, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not all of them. Yeah, you know, some of them were just neat, and and especially the the kind of underpinning literary reference things, and yeah. the biblical stuff is is pretty awesome. I just think that if they don't, they have a hard job in this episode. I mean, everybody that watched episode nine came away saying, "How the hell are they going to finish this?" in one episode yeah i mean brings me to one more sage observation from mama selector Mm -hmm. it would have been very very easy in a writer's room to plan an anthology series out for like three seasons and have some themes carry over that maybe they'll address later hoping that the show will go on but we'll see they can't possibly answer all of my questions it's just not gonna happen i know this no and but if these some parts of season one become a mechanic or an underpinning of the later seasons, then they can answer them at another time. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe they they could have possibly not had a plan for 
going forward. Oh, sure. When they yeah, wrote yeah. this one, you know what I mean? Because I mean, we didn't know it was renewed until it started, so they did obviously didn't know either. I don't think they're gonna. They said it was an anthology. I still, and this was the thing that I was going to say, and I think I've said it before. I just think that some of the little characters are going to stay. I think, I think so too. I think like the Jackies. Yeah, the, but, but I think they're going to stay as the same people. I think there's always going to be a Jackie. I think there's always going to be a Zaleski, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Also, the now I'm minor. mad that I don't think White Wide Warden character. is coming back. Ah, oh, bummer. Yeah, kind of a waste of a Q-Sack, if you will. Maybe she'll come back in the next season. Be more important. What if your girlfriend is pulling all the strings? What if Mrs. Lacey is the one who controls it all? Pull my strings. <laughs> I really do hope she comes back for the last episode. She though, has to. Yeah, I actually, I think we missed that one unanswered question. Did Mrs. Lacey take something out of the basement? She's the one who seems to have put the lock on it. So, who or what was she concealing? Oh. Anyway. Well, wait, she might, you know, she could be the one pulling the strings. Now that right. I think That's about it. There's no reason why she couldn't. Yeah. No, but I mean the whole, the what I thought was Ruth could be her. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Hmm. Dun, right. dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, this well, has I been fun. Absolutely. It always is. I... Damn it. Love to yak it up. What are we going to do? Yeah take a breather and then come back and better than ever. I don't know. I'm going to miss the show. I really am. Hopefully it won't be like a whole year. Because it's like internet now. We don't have to do these TV rules. You can drop a whole season in a day. That's true. Very, very true. And I demand that they do it. Absolutely. Alright, Hannah Selector. You have a marvelous night. Everybody listening, get ready because the finale is going to blow us up whether we want it to or not. And we will be here to help you through it regardless of what happens. We won't, Mm -hmm. we will not fail you. We will show up and we will discuss it no matter how great or shitty or Or terrible it is. That's right. Yep. We're having a couple of technical difficulties on the website right now, so I'm going to go ahead and throw up the updated unanswered questions list in case anybody wants some of that on my Twitter. Yep. So that'll go up right after this is over. Hooray! Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. You're the real Castle Rockstars. Damn straight. See you soon. Bye! This shit stops now!